Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as The Afterlife. I'm Amanda. No. Just, just no. That's Evan, and this is the podcast where we're working our way through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums, and we give you some background history on it, trying to figure out why it's on that list. And this week, we're doing Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death. But before we get into that, do you have any corrections from last week? Last week was Santana. Santana Supernatural. Not at this time. I have something to share with you later, but I don't have it currently in front of me. Okay. Um, I have a grievance. So Are you general grievance? Yes. Um, when you do your birthday section, usually, I'm not going to lie. You don't listen to it. I kind of zone out a little bit. It's getting, it's like to the point where like we record kind of later in the evening and we both worked and I do all of this talking and then I have to listen to you and my brain is like yeah that's not a thing we're gonna do so last week when you were talking about your like this day in music history you said sad like we're, we're gonna end on some sad things and then you said names and then you said how old they were but you did not say why it was sad. And I, because I wasn't listening, I couldn't put six and four together to get one. And I just said good. And it made me seem like I was a heartless bitch. <laughs> so, so, speaking of, what's this? What's a phase that your significant other went through that really got on your nerves? Well, she dressed up as herself and started talking. <laughs> So that's my grievance is you just in general, <laughs> just me in general, just in general. Um, so should we get into it? That's fine, I guess. That's fine, I guess. All right. So like I said, we're doing Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death. It was released March 25th, 1997 and is number 59 on this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list we're pulling from. So Life After Death is Biggie's second and final full-length studio album and was released just 16 days after he was murdered. His previous album, Ready to Die, left off with the narrator dying from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Life After Death picks up where that story leaves off. It was a double album that contained a whopping 24 tracks spanning two hours. Yet, to critics, it never felt like it dragged on. There were, quote, quick twists, deep moods, dark humor, and mastered artistry What were able to hold one's attention. Like some of the other rap and hip-hop albums, that is definitely not a word. Arbuckle. <laughs> like, like some of the other rap and hip-hop albums we've done so far, Life After Death also contains a number of guest appearances from big names. We can hear Jay-Z, Puff Daddy, Mace, DMC from Run DMC, and Bone Thugs and Harmony, just to name a few. Just as Dr. Dre's The Chronic was a symbol of the West Coast sound, Life After Death represented the East Coast. You with me so far? No. 
Okay. I got lost. The story told within the track, I Got a Story to Tell, is reportedly true. The song is about an after-hours encounter with an NBA player's girlfriend that ends in a physically in a physically assault. That is what I wrote. <laughs> I speak good. <laughs> ends in a physical assault and robbery. This album features some notable samples within. We can hear I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross within Mo Money Mo Problems and Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy within I Love, Do- I Love the Dough. So back when we talked Beck and Odele, we talked the difference between the samples and what he was doing. Beck was recording his own version of that song. Yeah, he was re-recording that song. Yes, like doing kind of like a mini cover within his song. These are straight up samples that it's like pulled from that song. Just a copy and paste job, kind of. So, fun fact. According to Diddy, who is also known as Puff Daddy. Puff Alligator. (laughs) According to Diddy, Prince is the one responsible for making hip-hop artists kind of take a look at their lyrics. The plan was to collaborate with Prince on this album, but as Diddy says, quote, Prince wasn't really rocking with the hip-hop and wasn't really clearing any samples. He would go through his phases and he came back to us and let us know how proud he was of us. He was really protective at one time of just what was going on with the bitch and hoe controversy. That was a real moment in hip-hop. That was a real reflection point in hip-hop when we were kind of being asked to take responsibility and really think about what we were saying. Biggie is... So, before I get to the rest of that, according to Puff, Diddy Magic Daddy. Dragon? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was because of Prince. Like, I've heard stories that before where people want to work with prince and he turned turned down a lot of people you heard the one with uh michael jackson huh it, i don't remember what song it was i i know the line and it's i want to say it's bad because mm-hmm. isn't there a line about body something i don't know because i all i can hear is the weird out version your butt is mine that I think that's the Weird Al version. Oh, is it? Or whatever. But it was one of those who's singing that line to who, and Prince didn't want to be a part of that. Mm. Um. But anyway, they wanted to work with Prince. Prince was proud of what these guys were doing, but he didn't like like up until this point. A lot of the hip hop and rap music contained a lot of like bitches and hoes in the lyrics and he didn't like that so he was kind of holding everybody accountable in terms of like maybe you should think about what you're saying yeah and kind of tone it down a little bit so they this came out right remember when we talked will smith's big willie style and how it was like the big shiny suit era and like it was more accessible because it was just kind of like samples that were made with a hip-hop beat yeah that's kind of what this was so it but it was because of friend a prince because of prince allowing it to become more mainstream so biggie 
is often credited with creating the transition from darker sounding hip hop to a more clean sample heavy sound, allowing it to become more mainstream friendly. So this is, that's why this one's on the list because it, it was that clear definition or uh, clear transition to where you're getting a bigger audience and becoming more popular and kind of toning down what it was. Like think Tupac was just a few years before this and how dark and angry that sounded compared to this. Yeah, I can hear that. So fact. I mean, it, it's, it's the difference between the East and West, but there's, you can tell there's a little bit of a difference, not just in style, but like musically how it sounds. Like it's starting to. Right, right. Like and this I, is, this is the halfway home between Tupac and Will Smith. There you go. So fact, and this is my last note. And it's not fun since it involves death. It's just a fact. As I mentioned, Life After Death was Biggie's second album following up his debut, Ready to Die. In Ready to Die, he talks about being shot and killed. Life After Death came out right after he died. It was, a very, it was very similar to what we talked about with Tupac. He spoke about his death and his music right before dying. If you didn't know, Tupac and, D- and Diggy, for fuck's sake... We haven't recorded in a while, and I don't know how to talk. Tupac and Biggie were once friends, but they were, that was the huge feud between the two. But speaking of Tupac, did you hear that they arrested his alleged murderer? I did hear that. That was not too long ago. Yeah. I I saw, it was a sports-related thing that, that was solved, I think... It was something along the lines of since the like the Cowboys since the cow since the time since the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl they solved Tupac's murder. Yeah. So that's all I had for the background. So I'm going to move on to culture. Life after death hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart, staying there for four weeks. It was certified diamond status in 2000, with it also holding 11 times platinum status today. It holds the title of being the first rap rap double album to go diamond. It became one of the best-selling rap albums ever, selling 690,000 copies within, within its first week. The track Hypnotize was released as a single on March 1st. Biggie was shot and killed on March 9th. Life After Death was released, released fuck, March 25th. Because of his death... Hypnotize shot up to the top of the charts, making him the fifth artist in history to have a posthumous number one. Did I say that right this time? Mm-hmm. Thank you. And the first to do so since John Lennon. Jose, I wonder who the other four mm-hmm. were. Well, now three. I think... I was going to say Tupac was the other, but I don't think that's right. So, you're talking in less than a month. This is really like three weeks single released biggie shot and killed and then the album was released so it just it was boom 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 all these sad events mo money mo problems was not only a huge hit for biggie but for diddy as well thanks to the music video diddy's image as a solo artist along with the shiny suit era we talked about in our will smith episode and earlier this episode just kind of exploded 
At this time, Biggie was out of the picture, yet the music videos were still being made in order to sell the album. Diddy took center stage. This music video ended up becoming one of the defining music videos of the era. And the singles released were Hypnotize, which, as I said, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and Mo Money, Mo Problems, which I, I couldn't find any charting information for. So it was... Really interesting is not the right phrasing for this. So with um, Biggie's album, Life After Death, like I said, they released Hypnotize. He died eight days later, and then the album was released, did very well. Well, when an artist releases an album, they do several, like, tracks from it, and then they do, at the time, they were doing, you know, a bunch of music videos. So because this was just released, they gave it a little bit of time out of respect for Biggie, but then they continued and made, you know, Mo Money, Mo Problems video, but it, it was credited to Biggie, but didn't have Biggie in it. It had Puff Daddy and some other guy I can't think of right off the top of my head, but, and I'll talk more about this, but like, I didn't realize that was Biggie's work because he wasn't featured in the music video. You, you have so your was, finger raised. I was trying to find the information about the number ones. Uh-huh. I found the first number one. Yeah. Uh, was sitting on the dock of the bay. Uh, Otis Redding? Or is it... It's it's parentheses sitting on the dock of the bay. Otis Redding? Yep, 1968. Mm-hmm. So I don't have very many resources for this one. I actually found, like, a lot of good information and only had five resources so i thought that was pretty impressive because usually i'll have 30 resources and like two things to say yeah no information yeah so thank you to life after death the notorious big by chris x published march 9th 2017 on pitchfork.com thank you to the notorious big drops life after death album today in hip-hop by sydney madden published march 25th 2023 on xxlmag.com Thank you to 15 Surprising Facts About the Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death by Rob. That is not Rob. That is Ralph <laughs> Bristow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rob Thomas. <laughs> Published March 25th, 2018 on Revolt.tv. Thank you to Classic Albums Life After Death by the Notorious B.I.G. by Stereo Williams. Published March 25th, 2022 on RockTheBells.com. And thank you to... Number 179, Notorious B.A.G. Life After Death, published April 4th, 2021, by Brett Sweets on... Disney Plus. RS500albums.com. The only reason I said that is because we got new phones last week, and I'm still setting up my stuff, and I just added Disney Plus to it. There you go. Okay, Evan, how about you... Stop playing with your new phone and give me your review. Well, I need my new phone because I have the music app, so I have the album pulled up so I can reference it. Okay, great. Now do it. <laughs> so when you... I had this list on the board, and it was like, okay, I got to do this album. And then I added it to the podcast playlist of stuff that I need to get through for recording. Like this playlist had... This and this has our Tuesday episode. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. And I add this one to the playlist. I'm scrolling down. I did not know this was that long of an album when I got it myself into this. 
And I believe that we've got another double album coming up early in November. Who's that? Pink Floyd. Oh, I didn't know it was a double. The Wall? Yeah, I didn't know it was a double. Yeah, The Wall is a double the, the, album. The problem is most of these albums that I've experienced have not been in the traditional physical Sense. format. So I don't know. I just think it's a lot of music. Okay, so... Spoiler alert, we're doing a double album in a couple episodes. But that's a different double album than this, because that's how music works. But also, this felt like it was a lot to get through. You know, some of the, some of these other ones, what was last week? Santana. Santana. Well, no, the one, so it must have been the week before that was Bocelli. Yeah. Right? That was an issue to get through, but at least it wasn't two hours of it. You know, it was 45 minutes. Yeah, it's going to suck to get through, but it's less than an hour. You know, rip the Band-Aid off. It'll be easy to get through. This felt like two hours. I know it was, but this felt like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and it, I, I don't know if it's that I don't particularly care for rap and hip-hop in general, which may have contributed to it just feeling like it was a long thing, but it was it was definitely a little bit more difficult to get through than some of the other albums we've done recently. Um, I can see that. The good thing, speaking of the new phones and references, uh, one of the new things on iOS 17 for Apple is you can view credits... So I was listening to the Mo Money Mo Problems, and I heard the sample, and I could not figure out what it was. I'm like, why do I know this? But you can go in and view credits, and it'll say Diana Ross, sampled artist. There was, was it Kick in the Door? It was the one with Screaming Jay Hawkins yeah. sampled. I knew the song, so I could tell. I knew who that one was, but it still will let you figure out some of these samples. So that would have been interesting when we had done the Tupac and the Dre ones to to figure out what all the samples were. Um, I didn't keep anything off of it, but if I had to keep something off of it, it would probably be Notorious Thugs. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just that's the one that for whatever reason, stood out to me. It, it just felt, it was a lot. You know, and it was it was difficult to get through. And I think it be, because it felt like so much. You know, some of these double albums, like The Wall, like, um, I'm trying to think of what other double albums we've done. And it's not, a, it's not, we haven't done it, and I don't think it's on this list, but Blonde on Blonde, it's one of the first double albums. It's Bob Dylan. That's fun. It's it's the same kind of thing with this. It it, sound, it feels like a lot. Um, Dream Theater's The Astonishing is a story. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. You know, if you have a, if you have a narrative that you can't get in one... Album and you have to do a double album. That's fine as long as you can. Or um, 
21st Century Breakdown by Green Day. I know that's a story, and if they had to expand that a little bit, that's fine. Or you get the double albums like Metallica's Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Because it's over the 80 minutes, you needed to put it on a double album, but it's only 12 tracks. So there, there's a balance of double albums that aren't stories and that have a this to me i didn't hear a cohesive story throughout this and there were too many tracks on this for me mm-hmm. if it would been cut down to call it 18 and dug and did the full hour and 20 minutes but didn't go over that i might have a different opinion of it but like i said it was just it was too much right but it wasn't terrible does that make any sense yeah. It, like like we I didn't talked before this style of music isn't necessarily your thing. So because of that it made it harder to sit through this much music. Yeah, but I I didn't necessarily hate the music. There's there's a difference between not liking it and hating it. Mhm. So it was it was tolerable, but it wasn't one of those things that I want to come back to, especially with it being a double album. I would be interested to listen to the first album and maybe like the first couple tracks off of here because you said that they went together mm-hmm. it's like a companion piece like the system of down when they released two albums their hypnotize and mesmerize it kind of flowed into one flowed into the other so it'd be interesting to hear that but past that i don't think it's anything that i want to come back and explore right so i'll st- I'll still give him a B for Biggie, but like a B minus. <laughs> because he's B minus under the ground. Oh, fuck's sake. Evan. Hey, you were saying that it was good that Eddie Van Halen died, so That's I get to slip this one what in. what I said. It is. I said Eddie Van Halen died, and you're like, good. He did not say the word died. Prove it. So, my review... I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this one. I already knew the two singles, which I like, and I knew I would add them to my playlist. Like my research said, Biggie's music was more approachable and more mainstream, so I already knew that as a whole. I would like his music better than Tupac's. I prefer his overall sound and flow better. I think this was probably out of the ones in this genre that we've done this would probably have been considered the best i agree with that but that that still doesn't change any anything on my edge i think this is i think i can appreciate this one more than i i think this the chronic and tupac is better than what's come out in the last 20 years in the genre mm-hmm. it, so. was, it was better back in my day of course, the tracks were laced with disses against those he was feuding with, but I mostly ignored that bit and focused on the sound of it as a whole. I've mentioned this before. I recognize the privilege I have um, to, to live where I do, and I haven't had it to deal with situations like this, so I'm not familiar or will ever really be able to relate to these lyrics. So I just I focused on... The sound. Um, Hypnotize still still sounds so good. I found my Santa. My I found my Santana. 
don't know why it is so difficult for me to talk. I didn't talk much at all today at work. And then I come here thinking, you know, oh yeah, you're going to be rested and ready to go so you can record two episodes. It's going to be totally fine. I can't. I can't. I bet you I can't even say my name right. So, <sighs> hypnotize still sounds so good. I found myself dancing a bit as I listened and nodding my head to the beat. I also knew the chorus well. Same for Mo Money, Mo Problems. I still really like this song, and if I'm being honest, I really thought it was a Diddy song. I didn't realize it was a Biggie song featuring Diddy. And that goes back to the music video. When I said, you know, he wasn't really present in it, I always thought this was a Diddy song that featured Biggie. No clue that it was a Mark Ronson situation. (laughs) Um, It was good. So I guess I never really cared to to learn. And I wrote shrug emoji. (laughs) I also knew the chorus to Going Back to Cali, but I don't know why. I didn't recognize the rest of the song, just that little bit. Um, I did really like how they opened it as a direct connection to the previous album. I thought that was a nice touch. It gave it more of a movie sequel feel to it. Unfortunately, I didn't care for the rest of the album. It wasn't terrible, and as I assumed, I did enjoy it better than Tupac's. This genre is just so much of a hit or miss for me. There are songs I love, but they are usually the big mainstream ones that just blew up. I usually don't care for anything else. That's not to say it's bad. The Why did I say bad <laughs> like that? Bad. It's not to say it's bad. The music is, is really good. And just like I said with Tupac and NWA, it's definitely worth a listen. It's just not an album I want to come back to again as a whole. So like I said, I, I'm keeping hypnotized and mo money, mo, pro- mo problems. My rating. I gave it a B plus only because it's not my thing in general. It sounded so good, but not enough for me to keep more than those two singles. It, I, I kept more than what I kept with Tupac. I don't think I kept anything with Tupac or NWA. It that, that Did stuff he was, fuck the police? No. That stuff was good. But I, it's not... Like, I knew if, if it ever came on while I was listening, I would skip it. Mm. So it's definitely worth a listen and, and something that really does need to be a part of conversation but not something i would want to listen to again so i did keep those two so i I, that's why i rated it what i did and my weekly question to you should i even bother with final thoughts no i had a (laughs) thought but i don't know what my thought was no um, I really did like the album and and why it's so highly regarded. I liked the reasoning behind this one. We've come across some lately that we just cannot figure out why it's on this list. This one I can understand and I, I really do like that. Biggie was such a big talent, no pun intended, and he made a big wave, also no pun intended, in the East Coast hip-hop style. I know he had a lot of stuff come out after his death. Um, One thing I did find in my research but didn't mention earlier was that he had recorded a lot of stuff between his first album and this one, but only went with these tracks. The rest were released later. I don't know if I'd check out the rest of his stuff on my own because I have a feeling that the rest of it is going to be the same for me as this one was, 
But again, that's not because it's terrible. It's just because I don't care for this genre in general. So, Biggie is done. It, our discussion of <laughs> Biggie is done for this week. So, I am going to be attentive and not do anything but listen to you do this day in history and the birthdays. Okay. So, am I correct that it is Friday the 13th? It is Friday the 13th. As I say, I have a recommendation. <laughs> you want to know what my recommendation is? <laughs> Going camping and getting murdered in the woods. <laughs> Will you stop it? <laughs> and let me tell you my actual recommendation. What? What is your recommendation? You're so mad at me right now. I'm done. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I need you to be on your best behavior, okay? Mm-hmm. So what is today? Friday. The? 13th. So what would my recommendation be? Friday the 13th. The notebook. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where they're on a lake. <laughs> it's not wrong. Evan and I... um. And this is 90% me, maybe 2% Evan. But uh, we, Hey, I'm just like milk. We, we like to, I call it our traditions. We do like these theme traditions. So we have our, I know everybody has their, their Christmas or holiday movies that they watch. And, and we do. We spend Christmas Eve watching certain things. On Halloween, we watch Halloween the, the original. original. Although I did see today, I think it may have been released a while ago, there's a new 4K restoration from the original negatives. Oh, really? Um, what's it? Oh, Independence Day. We watch Independence Day. <laughs> we try. We usually have something go wrong to where we can't do this one, but St. Patrick's Day, we try to watch Boondock Saints. And then anytime there's a Friday the 13th throughout the year. Don't care if it's December. Don't care if it's June. Yes. We will watch Friday the 13th. This is just You special. may not watch it, but I will at least watch part. I will at least watch. We attempt it. Yeah. That I'll one watch. is the harder one to do. But I'll watch parts of it. Yeah. So I'm happy that this year it is on a Friday in October. I almost said it's on a Friday. It's in October. Did you know that for the first time in 666 years, Halloween falls on a Friday the 13th this year? None of that statement is true. But also, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie comes out today. So the... She's been on my TV enough. The child that is supposed to be staying with us this weekend is at that and will be over late. So that means we can actually watch it. That's the plan. Okay, that is your so can we actually get into what we're supposed to be yes. doing right now? Yes. Bef because, or are you going to derail this train even more? Because that's a thing you tend to do. He's laughing. <laughs> I am not laughing. Are you plotting my murder? You're I not, can neither not confirm, doing that. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. All right. Okay. Birthdays? So October 13th. <laughs> October the 13th. 
Paul Simon. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Singer-songwriter. Uh, let's see. So, 1970 UK, 19, er, 1970 UK and US number one single, Bridge Over Troubled Water, with Simon and Garfunkel. The Bridge Over Troubled Water album spent 307 weeks on the UK charts. And as a solo artist, 1986 UK number four single, You Can Call Me Al, which the album Graceland spent 115 weeks on the UK chart. Hey, we did Graceland. Yeah, not too long ago. Um, He's, ni- old. He's older than you think. I was going to say 30s. It's later than that. 19, early 40s then. 41. 41. I was trying, yeah, I was going to say 39 originally. Sammy Hagar. Oh, really? Rock vocalist, guitarist, songwriter who came to prominence in what band? Twisted Sister. Van Halen. Judas Priest. He sang for one of those three, but that's not why he got famous. What band? Van Halen. But he got famous for uh, Montrose. Never heard of that one. He replaced David Lee Roth in 1985 and then left Van Halen in 1996. Okay. But anyway, we need a... What year was he born? 45. 47. And then there are, there's a few on this day, but they're like all over the place. So we're going to have to jump forward a little bit to get to American singer, actress, and doll designer, Marie Osmond. Uh, do you know she performed in town not too long ago? No. Um, 48. 59. Really? I told you we had to jump forward a little bit. I know, but I also don't trust you. Okay, and then there's no one else I've ever heard of. So we'll give you Paul Potts, a Welsh singer who became the winner of the first series of ITV's Britain's Got Talent. He had the 2007 UK number one album, One Chance. 78. 70. Okay. But, yeah, there's not really a whole lot of anybody. Um, so, on this date, October 13th, 1962, Don Everly collapsed during rehearsals on stage at the Prince of Wales Theatre in London on the eve of a 22-date Everly Brothers UK tour. He was flown back to the U.S. for treatment, and the tour continued, with Phil Everly performing solo. Okay. Not a good, just an okay. In 1963, the Beatles made their debut on ITV Sunday night at the London Palladium, topping the bill and transmitted live to an audience of 15 million viewers. They played From Me to You, She Loves You, Twist and Shout, and I'll Get You. Twist and what? Twist and Shout. Okay. Not Twist the Knife, which is what I'm going to do when we're done with this. In 1970... Okay, I want you to look at me. I'm looking at you. Because I am the captain now. I'm looking at you. In 1970, Janis Joplin's ashes were scattered at Stinson Beach in Marin County, California. That's sweet that they honored her in such a way. Fuck off. In 1973, the Rolling Stones started a four-week run at number one on the U.S., U.S. album chart with, I don't know, Goat's Head Soup. Right. That's 
I knew that. It was their fourth number one. Okay. I need you to look at me. In 1974, TV host Ed Sullivan died. I have to enunciate the word died. <laughs> okay. Okay. Introduced the Beatles and other UK acts to America via his Ed Sullivan show from New York City, which ran from June 20th, 1948 to June 6th, 1971. Is he the one that was really big show? Maybe. I know. I think he was the one with Elvis. Yeah. And The Doors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at me. In 1977, Shirley Brickley of the Orleans... Do you know that? No. At all? Okay. The Orleans had five U.S. top 20 hits in the 60s, including the Wawatusi, Don't Hang Up, and South Street. Provided backup vocals on D.D. Sharp's 1962 hit Mashed Potato Time. Oh. And her second hit uh, Gravy for my mashed potatoes. I I know. I I can hear it. Okay. So the backup singer. Yeah. She was shot and killed by an intruder in her Philadelphia home. Oh, shit. Really? In 1979... Michael Jackson went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with? In, sorry, what year? 79. It's just Michael Jackson? Correct. Um, don't, don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yes. I, I was like, I could hear it. <laughs> and I had to get past the... Okay. Need you to look at me. In 2000... UK newspaper The Mirror reported that Tony Braxton had pulled out of this year's U.S. Mobile Awards after one of her breast implants exploded. I remember that. A spokesman for her record label said, we don't comment on our artists. Dad, that is not how you spell artists. A-R-T-I-S-T-E-S. Artiste. Artistes. <laughs> Personal lives. In 2002, this band took legal action against Celine Dion after she announced her forthcoming Las Vegas show would be called Blank. The singer for this band said, we don't anyone to think we're Celine Dion's backing band. I don't know. Muse. Oh, really? Okay. Again, I need you to look at me. In 2009, Al Martino, do you know that name? Um, I think so, but I don't know why. Okay. He's a pop crooner who scored over 10 hits, including I Love You Because, Spanish Eyes, and I Love You More and More Every Day. Died at the age of 82. Okay? Okay. He was often remembered for playing this role in a movie. Don't know. Johnny Fontaine. Oh, in uh, Godfather. Correct. We'll do two more. Okay. In 2011, American band Maroon 5 were on the top 10 of the UK singles chart with? In 2004? 2011. 2011. Um, the moves like Jagger song. Its lyrics refer to a male's ability to impress a female with his dance moves, which he compared to those of Mick Jagger. It's <laughs> a long way of saying that. That's... And then in 2016... This person was awarded the 2016 Nobel Prize for Literature, becoming the first songwriter to win the award. 75-year-old rock legend received the prize for having created a new poetic 
for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition? Uh, don't know. Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Okay. So I need you to look at me one more time. I am done. I have nothing more <laughs> for this day. Um, I am a little mad because because you, you're little. You failed. You could have I said, failed at a lot of things. You could have said, "Look at me." I am the captain now. This day in history, a bunch of kids were found murdered near a lake. You want to bet on that? Because it was in June. Because it was his birthday in June, not October. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> My point still stands. You could have started throwing that in there. I wouldn't have known. God but damn I it. would have. <laughs> and I couldn't live with myself if I, if I lied to you like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're ending this. If you can... Oh my God! Do you have any recommendations? Um, no. I <laughs> my brain power has been used elsewhere. Clearly, um, thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Threads at Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at the Worst Podcast on Mars. Um, you can support us by leaving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast uh, platform you listen on. If you leave us a five star review on Apple iTunes, I will read it here. Um. The email you can send us an email worstpotonmars at gmail.com and give us a suggestion because on tuesdays we come back and we do these smaller episodes where we're staying away from this rock and Roll hall of fame list and we're um looking at other albums evan likes to pick obscure ones and we do a little bit of background do our reviews but come back next week where we're continuing spooktober 2.0 with red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex magic Bye. Death, fire. Bye.